All right. Uh, is it is it okay for me to return to my own podcast at this point, Bud? Is that acceptable? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, are you are you part of the notification gang? I I I did text right. you for that podcast. <laughs> I mean, I got the <laughs> I got the notification. Yes, and stumbled in. And what is this? But a podcast that I'm vaguely familiar with. So uh, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, thrilled to be back on the Nolcast here. Uh, obviously my responsibilities have shifted a little bit and today marks a significant point in time where I can have more, uh, more conversation or any conversation with you, I guess, on some of these topics. So, uh, thrilled to be back with you again, December 21st night of early signing day. Uh, but interesting day had its highs, had its lows, uh, had a pretty good feeling that we were going to see something similar to this, uh, come end of last weekend you didn't necessarily have a uh, have a disaster by any means, and you got some great pieces. Um, still maybe another one or two outstanding, uh, but at this point, I think your class is probably your class, and we can have a uh, honest conversation as to what today looked like and, you know, what it what it perhaps would have looked like had it been a, a different, uh, different series of events. Yeah, man. So, uh, first of all, glad to have you back, and Glad everybody's checking in here on the chat. We won't do like a super long recap pod because we've talked about these kids for like 50 weeks now in, in, in many cases, but we will do probably a 35, 45 minute show and maybe stick to that. We'll, we'll see. Florida State signs the number 20 class in the country, uh, 16 commits, one five star. That's Hakeem Williams, six four stars and, uh, and nine three stars. It is the number three class in the ACC. Uh, way behind Miami and somewhat behind Clemson. You're a little bit ahead of North Carolina and Louisville. So uh, we go micro, we can go macro, we can talk individual players, we can talk about you know what we think, like how do you grade this class when you also keep uh, in perspective what you did with the transfer portal, which you know is important, um, clearly. But, you know, like there's some good here and there's definitely some some needs improvement here for sure. I was just just texting with Chad and Shannon, you know, before the show. And uh, I obviously, like there's some things they want to see done and I don't disagree with them. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate the chat. Saying it looks biffy. I've got uh, just done a lot of a lot of TV today. Appreciate you guys checking out the cover three pod as well. I know on the bench and those guys were live as well this morning. So hope all y'all. Check them out. Uh, I was not in court this morning. No. Um, so I, I'd probably wear a tie if I go to court. All right. Um, top drama of the day, which I think was actually no drama at all. Hikeem Williams does sign with the Knowles. Uh, I think Texas A&M tried to make this thing interesting late. I think uh, Miami tried to make this thing interesting late. And Hikeem said that Colorado had called him as well. Florida State did a hell of a job recruiting IQ Williams, man. Number five, like n- number three receiver in the country on, on the composite. I think he's number two uh, or number three on the 24-7 sports rankings out of Stranahan. Like, if you guys haven't seen IQ Williams, and I know if you're a diehard, you, you're going to be like, bud, you've already said this. But everybody's podcast is somebody's first. And also, we know that we get more listeners right now who don't care about recruiting on a year-round basis. Hikey Williams is not the most polished receiver in the country, but he might have the most upside. Okay. Like he is that tall, fast, jump out the gym dude. 
And it's the kind of player, the kind of skill set that Mike Norvell has been looking for. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to hit. He is a five-star. That does give you a lot better odds if you look historically. But this is the kind of guy and the literal, like the dude, that Mike Norvell went out and targeted and wanted to get. And Florida State, to their credit, went out and got him. Different level athlete. And, uh, you know, you got a early commitment from him. We talked about the fact that if you got out of the gates, that you had a really good chance at getting that early commitment from him. And uh, credit to staff and and surrounding uh, support that I don't think this was ever really competitive. Now, I don't know all the details of of uh, of the ins and outs of the high school recruiting like I do maybe some other aspects of the program right now. But I think this was – I kept – getting people calling me over the past four or five days, you know, are you concerned with Hakeem? And I honestly was having a hard time figuring out where it was coming from. Now, obviously, I know it's a five-star athlete in South Florida. I'm not naive as to what transpires in the days leading up to signing day, but I don't think this was ever, um, I don't think this was ever a real close one. A credit to everybody involved. Uh, Hakeem made his decision. Hakeem went to Miami uh, once or twice maybe, but there was never any, series of official visits elsewhere, at least that I could track or be concerned by. Uh, again, credit on this one. Uh, commitment was weighed. Uh, recruitment process continued. And uh, this one got across the goal line with with relatively no hiccups or a whole lot of last-minute drama, at least that of what I'm familiar with. If you're going to be in these big battles to the end, you're going to have to be, be realizing these kids are going to feel calls all the way up until the end, right? And I, I think you're, you're right. Like To Florida State's credit, I think he did get over to Miami maybe once or twice. Did he ever – I know he didn't official anywhere else. Did he actually visit A&M down the stretch? I don't – if he did, it's news to me. I'm pretty sure that he did not. They, they locked this one down extremely well. And that is one thing you have to do. You have got to defend your home state, okay? It's great that this staff has connections throughout the South. I, I get that. And I know they understand or that they consider – South Georgia to be part of your recruiting footprint. And, and it is, and it always has been for as long as Bobby Bowden, you know, started this, this recruiting machine up. But the reason you take the Florida State job is the word Florida, right? Like that's what makes this place attractive. And they had to lock up some of these kids. Obviously, like you got to be kind of disappointed with the high school recruiting this year overall because you didn't have enough Pikeem Williams and Lucas Simmons, who we'll talk about next. But you got to be really excited about Hakeem Williams, okay? You got to do a better, much better job recruiting at the high school level in the state. But Hakeem is one of the jewels of the class, and like the guy that really says, "Hey, you know what? Forsyth can go head to head." Like, think about the programs they beat for this, right? Miami ain't playing. A and M is not playing. Colorado, whatever they're doing, like they made a lot of noise today, and they didn't sign a damn, damn decent kid so far. So, yeah, all right, uh, you know, like. Georgia was very interested in Hakeem for quite a while. I think Alabama had a lot of Hakeem interest. So the fact that it shows that you can, now maybe not all guys on staff can, maybe it does help that Norvell played receiver and has a really special place in his heart for receivers. That's a really good get for these guys. And Hakeem does have a different level of athleticism than anybody else on your roster at that position. Different level athlete in general. I mean, I think a kid that swam on the, on the, Swam as a freshman. I mean, just not necessarily something that you think of as a as a you know six foot four wide receiver skill set. 
just a special, special athlete. The jewel of the class, undoubtedly, uh, particularly with what transpired today, and a guy that is uh, will be a, you know, if Florida State's going to have some of the uh, special goals and aspirations that it has for itself in mind outside of just next year, uh, I think Hakeem Williams is is what an awful lot of it is built around. So a significant pickup and a credit to everybody involved with both the recruitment and the management of the recruitment afterwards. So Lucas Simmons, your next kid here, your, your other kid in the state of Florida, who's like a big time kid within the state, right? Like, honestly, when I shoot my video that I do or, or write the article, depending on what I'm going to do this year for the Sunshine State scorecard, Florida State's going to rank really poorly. There's going to be a number of programs from out of state that did a better job in the state of Florida than the Knowles did. Just being honest here. Like, I'm not going to lie about the article or video that's coming out in a day or two. But Lucas Simmons is the other kid that you've got to be really excited about from the state of Florida. Big-time offensive tackle, you know, 6'7", 300 pounds, a big body with athleticism for Alex Atkins to mold. And you held off a number of elite programs. I believe Florida made a late run at Lucas Simmons, and you were able to keep them off after Florida lost Okanlola to Miami. There are guys in this high school class that you got to be really excited about, man. You know, and that, that to me is encouraging. Like, that is a really important kid to get. I also like the Blake Nicholson pickup quite a bit. I mean, credit to Derek Ray. You know, I, I don't think your linebacker recruiting before that was going anywhere at all. And Derek Ray has that pre-existing relationship with that family. He's able to go out to California and get a kid who's a national top 200 kid a dude that I know for a fact that the Knowles are really excited to have. Yeah. A similar conversation here with both Simmons and Williams that just the, the raw clay is different here. I mean, you're dealing with a, a guy that has a different type of type of athleticism than you've read at the linebacker position and a guy who, uh, you know, I don't know if he immediately sees snaps, but I could see him or I could see him earning, uh, his full four next year, if they still wanted to, you know, keep yeah. uh, keep the red shirt involved or something, they they'll measure it. But he'll get out there; they'll get him snaps one way or another. Or they may just look at him and say, you know, there's probably not going to have this kid for more than four years as it is. So let's just let it rip. Uh, a guy that can contribute, a guy that's just a, a different level linebacker than what you've recruited around here for quite a while, and uh, a really exciting piece of the piece of the class, undoubtedly. Keith Sampson would be the next guy I think you got to highlight like that other national powers wanted. And look, that's how I just got done talking on TV for, you know, in and out, out of the show and cover three hour at noon and six about like the national programs, the programs that are trying to win national titles, you know, not just squeak into the playoff. That's the goal. That's Florida State. Like we're done with the COVID year stuff. We're done with all the other stuff. That's how you're being evaluated now. Okay. Keith Sampson is a dude that other programs actually wanted. So number 201 on the 24-7 sports composite. He's a big-bodied guy for Odell Higgins to, to work with. He does have some nice explosion. I think he has to do a little bit of reshaping of the body from what I've been told recently. Uh, but again, I think he will have time to do that. He's not a guy that you need to contribute for you a ton in 2023. He is probably a guy that you need to make a big impact for you come 2024. So this upcoming season for Keith Sampson, is going to be big. I mean, listed 6'3", 285. I guess he's probably closer to 300 now. It Just from some things I had heard, we'll see. Uh, but definitely a guy that is a potential impact player because he can play with leverage, because he does have that agility and that explosion to his game. And there's just not a lot of guys 
like that. Hell, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second. There ain't many guys that have Keith Sampson's skill set in the transfer portal. And that's really sort of how I've kind of be, like become to think about high school recruiting. Are you getting special difference makers? Are you getting guys that if they hit, you can't find in the portal or you can't find very many of them? We just saw A.J. Cornelius you know, go to Oregon, right? Like the whole nation's fighting over like one decent transfer offensive tackle. So Keith Sampson is a really nice get for you. Lamont Green, too, in the state of Florida. Dude that stuck with you throughout the entire process. Obviously a big-time legacy. A kid I know you really like. Yeah, I like him a lot, and not just because of who his dad is, uh, but just a, a guy that I think has continued to uh, grow, has really nice senior senior tape, as does the kid from North Carolina that we're just talking about. I mean, I think that that's a, a different level of athlete. A guy that needs a year, uh, and I'm talking about Samson here, uh, needs a, a year in the weight room to reshape his body, but the ability to be a pass rusher from the interior of the defensive line is a unique skill set, and that guy's got it. And uh, when you talk about more of the off or the outside, then yeah, we can slide out to boots. Uh, just a guy with a phenomenal work ethic. I've got an old family friend who's uh, who's got a son that's a, in the same class as uh, as Boots down at Gulliver, and so I've gotten to hear about him and and hear about him from a, a little bit of an impartial perspective. Uh, at least this guy thinks the absolute world uh, of Boots, the work ethic. I mean, it's he, he comes Boots is is his nickname. Uh, if um, if you're not otherwise following recruiting, and I'm just sitting here confusing the hell out of you, I apologize. But uh, Lamont Green Jr. Uh, his dad works his rear end off. He knows what it means to have to compete and train at a high level. Uh, I'm not saying that you get a finished product here, but you've got a guy that's that's ready uh, a little bit more than your average uh, high school prospect. And it will be fun to see what the ultimate upside is. Uh, doesn't exactly have his body's, uh, the father, like his father's, his father's body. Still needs to grow into it a little bit. Uh, but I think that this is a guy in two years that you're not talking about you know, the, uh, the legacy angle as much as you are talking about a guy that's starting to compete for real snaps and has a chance to be a difference maker. I mean, now's probably the time we need to talk about Kelder Falk, right? Like that was, if keeping Hakeem was a real positive of the day, uh, losing Kelder Falk to Auburn after a kid who was supposedly about relationships, you lose him to Auburn. Um, you know, my thoughts on this defensive staff overall, and I, I'm not super high on them. And I, I think Pooch is actually probably a pretty pretty decent recruiter, but like two years in a row, you have lost a kid his position to an SEC school, and that that hurts. And I, I I think Florida State presented a good package to him; they just did not seal the deal. That's the kind of kid that's going to hurt the Knowles two years from now. Like twenty three is going to be a really damn good team because you got Jordan Travis coming back, you got Benson coming back, you got a bunch of other guys coming back. You lose a whole lot of guys off this twenty three team. 24 is the year I think you, that you're hurting because you because you lost Keldrick Falk. That's a that's a huge loss. Like he's yeah. a better prospect than Boots is. He's a better prospect than than uh, um, than your North Carolina D tackle. Like the guy's that's the kind of kid six you five get. two sixty three. Yeah. You don't find that type of product. I mean that is a rare prospect, y'all. And, and I, I hate I, it that he I don't you think didn't that get was today. I don't think that wasn't a money thing. I know the chat just dropping money bags. I I think you just got got plain out recruited. And I think yeah. that's embarrassing. And if yeah. you're Mike Marvell, you're thinking, shoot. Like, A, can't be trying to pull these kids out of these southern states. Got to do better in my own backyard of the state of Florida, right? Because, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to beat Auburn for for kids that are that close to Auburn. Bobby Bowden didn't do it. Jimbo Fisher very rarely did it, right? 
Same thing goes for Mississippi. If you got a Mississippi kid, cool. What happens if he turns out to be really good? You probably lose him down yeah. to Ole Miss and uh, it better have gone, you know, six and five for the last three or four years uh, for you to get a kid out of there. Uh, and even then, it's a different, different challenge. Um, I don't know all the details of last year's recruiting. I do know that I don't think you were competitive with with the Marvin Jones NIL conversation. Yeah. I've mentioned that numerous times on here. This is not a new idea that I have. Um, again, I don't know all the details, but uh, I will echo what you said. I, I think this was a, you were competitive here. Uh, you just, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out for you. And uh, when you got to, I was I was concerned about this recruitment before I ever got involved in with the battles in. Uh, I've been talking about you know the fact that when you you have a coaching change, there's a there's a, a shift <laughs> within the state, and all of a sudden you got a guy who knows what he's doing and a staff that knows what they're doing when it comes to recruiting in-state kids and applying levels uh, of of influence in various aspects of a community. It just gets to be a challenge, and uh, I understand you. You thought you had a great relationship in the summer. It's I, I agree with you, man. If, if you're going to grab a kid from Alabama, you you really need to have him be third on your board, or something like that, and not reflective of talent, but just reflective of likelihood that it's actually going to come through. And so. there's a selection bias here too, right? Like 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 we we you're almost getting the worst of it if you do end up beating out Auburn and Bama for for a player who's rated highly. What are the odds of the rating on that kid's wrong? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like those schools are going to keep the very best players home from their from their home state. That's just how it works in the state of Alabama. So yeah, there, there's also so if I'm the fan and I'm just sitting here, I'm listening to us, and I'm like, well, what are y'all saying that you don't go recruit Jameis Winston? Oh no, I know you do recruit Jameis Winston, but you had relationships there that were different. I mean, you had a Damian Craig who had relationships within the state, um, more or less. And a system fit thing. Poison, poison stuff. pilling is a, his own institution. I mean, it was, it was a unique series of events that I just don't think was ever in play here. So I, I just have to say it's, uh, it's going to forever be a challenge. And I'm not saying that it's a challenge that you don't take on. I think it's just a challenge that you have as kind of a second or third back option or fallback option and not be what you build a position around. So, All right. Now, let's talk about all the three stars because there are nine of them. And let's be frank here. Bama took 27 guys today. 26 of them are rated four or five stars. The one who's not is a kicker. This class is not getting this roster closer to winning a national title. It's a blue chip ratio under 50%. That's not going to get it done. Like, if the expectation is to contend for national titles, this ain't it. Okay? Now, there are some extenuating circumstances. You did recruit this class under largely a cloud that a lot of these recruits thought you were going to be fired. Even though we said that wasn't going to happen, we put out a video saying, like, look, we have pretty good connections here. Norvell is not on the hot seat. He's not getting fired. Okay. But from a high school recruiting standpoint, this is certainly an overall disappointment to take this many. And look, that doesn't mean I don't like some of these kids. I do. But I don't think Florida State's evaluations are better than the rest of the country's evaluations that consistently okay it's kind of the same conversation you could have with michigan like is michigan doing better than the recruiting rankings say they should yeah i think so but i bet on that continuing no they probably need to sign more four and five stars still there are some kids here who i like we should run through a couple of them 
So Vendrevious Jacobs, I think, is a good player. All right. I wish he had some like verified elite speed stuff. Haven't seen that. He's not real big. Okay. The competition that he plays in high school is poor. He did have a couple good playoff games. He also, when he ran into, I think it was Jakeem Jackson, didn't. That's that's the corner that you guys know I like a lot, signing with Florida. I think he's a good take regardless, okay? He's a four-star on the composite. We have him here at 24-7 Sports as like the highest three-star you can. Do I think he's going to be a superstar? Probably not. Maybe he will. But I think he does have a really good feel for playing the position. He's extremely competitive. You know, it has he been better in Tallahassee against, like, because FSU's not had a great amount of talent at its camps? Yeah, he's torched that, that, that talent here. Has he been really good in high school against some lesser competition? Yeah. At the national camps? Didn't dominate. You know, people have off days. I still think that's a good take. Sam Singleton, I think that's an interesting take for them. They clearly need to take a back in the class. Edwin Joseph is a dude I know the staff's extremely excited about. They like his length, his ability to run, his ability to play defensive back. There are a couple different schools out there that liked him quite a bit. Obviously, Miami, Louisville down the stretch were involved. I talked to some coaches who had differing opinions on him, but a couple guys really loved him and thought he should be rated higher. So when I go through these, I'm like, who are the dudes who might be gems for you? You know, and Edwin Joseph's a guy that maybe, right? Like I, I could see him outplaying his ranking. Quarterback Brock Glenn, obviously the same. He does have some tools. He did not have a productive senior year relative to like his elite 11 uh, peers, but he does have some tools. It'll be on Tony Tokar's quarterback coach and Norvell and Alex Atkins to develop the guy. Are we frozen? Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's there's some really nice pieces here. Uh, Even amongst uh, the three stars, uh, as as you refer to them, there's some, there's some nice pieces here. There's some things that are probably higher than the ranking. Uh, I agree with you. There are those that think that Edwin Joseph is significantly better than his ranking. And there's also those that don't. Uh, So we'll see what plays out there. I mean, as far as like, three-star high school kids. Uh, Christopher Otto is a guy that may take a year or two. I think you may uh, look a lot I think of room a useful piece. Yeah. For, for boomer bust there, but I think it's a great take. And I think it's a guy that we've talked about for a while that might not have been number one on your board, but you still don't stop working with that guy. You still don't stop trying to develop a relationship so that if a series of events comes about where you can get him in the class, uh, you do. Uh, so if there's a guy that we look back on in two years from, uh, you know, this this group of lesser touted high school kids, uh, Joseph is or excuse me, Otto is one and Joseph uh, that I think could could, you know, we could be sitting here talking about maybe trying to play their way uh, into a starting role or something like that. So. Agree with that. Um, Quindarius Jones, I do think is probably a good get or at least a, a, a lottery ticket worth taking, right? Will he 100%. hit? I don't know. Is he pretty raw? Yeah. Will more of these three stars fail than, than hit? Yeah. That's why you want to take four and five stars because they're less of a gamble. They're just as talented. They're just more polished as well. And a lot of times they, they have, they have greater upside. It's really not just all about player development. Like you have to get a better level of clay to mold here. Like, uh, 
Uh, just, I'm not impressed with the high school recruiting they've done overall. The top end is nice. You just look at it. You compare it to the schools that you think are, are your peers. And I worry about 24 and 25. So, you know, not the recruiting classes, but let's jump over and have a little, little more discussion on what they're doing in the transfer portal. Because I do think that's, that's the other piece of this that we need to be more positive on and that you are hoping to parlay into a much better high school recruiting class come 2024 because they've done a hell of a job in the transfer portal. Like they had a plan. They clearly like they're pushing those chips into the center table, man. They're hoping that with like, if they beat Oklahoma and they're favored against Oklahoma, there's a uh, firewall here. I can't pull up the odds, but like they're probably nine or nine and a half point favorite right now against Oklahoma. You know, you take that, that's a 10 win season. If you're able to beat them. Even if not, it's a nine-win season. You know, you you play with that. You're able to sell that all off-season. is a really exciting thing to play in. You know, they are they are pushing it in to the center of the table, hoping to have a really special season to sell. That's got to work. Okay, if we're having the same conversation, where you got multiple outside prospects or outside schools taking your best prospects in the state of Florida again, long-term it ain't gonna work. You cannot portal your way to success if if your goal is to compete with like a Bama and Georgia and what Florida and Miami are trying to build because the high school kids do have a higher ceiling overall than what you see in the transfer portal. You know, I hear Caleb Williams in the transfer portal. Awesome, right? Like Justin Fields. Who's that this year? You can't rely on that. We know there's elite high school prospects every year. It ain't always the case in the transfer portal. Now, FSU is fortunate, and they had a plan, and they're opportunistic this year in the portal. I do like what they've done, though, man. Like, you know my feelings on this tight end room. Now I feel like you're totally flipped. Like, you get Morlock and Bell? God, like, those dudes are so much better than what you had. It's not even close. And it gives your young guys time to develop. Now, you've turned you've turned the tight end room around entirely. I mean, Morlock is a – is a special kid, uh, in my opinion, as far as what he gives you, particularly from a body perspective, not anything that you have like that in your room. And the fact that that's a Sunday looking dude, if he, if he fills out properly, look, the portal, the portal's where the excitement is right now. And, you know, Bud and I have had 12 years of honest conversations and we're not going to stop having this. Uh, there's parts of the high school recruiting that are fantastic. And there's parts that we, I think appropriate and acknowledged, um, in, in going to get you there where you necessarily want to go. Now, do I look at this as a through a filter of winning a national championship right now? I don't. I'm not saying you're wrong, bud, but I just don't see. I think you got to win conference, and and I'm not suggesting that you think we're just going to magically end up at the national championship. But I, I think you got to work on winning your conference first, and you got to recruit in a manner that gives you the chance to beat Clemson and ultimately whatever comes of the project that Miami is undertaking right now. Um, and in the portal, you're absolutely doing that. So, like, Jeremiah Byers is as big of a get as you've gotten out of there, you know, that hasn't come out of defensive end. And, I mean, in all of your portal takes in the last two yeah. or three years. That That's is a massive, schools, massive like pick. Big schools wanted. Yes. And I think you had a good combination of things there. Plan, fit, Alex Atkins, who is absolutely huge for this staff. I mean, God, you take Atkins off this staff. Yep. I don't want to think about it tonight. Anyway, look, timing, ability to get him into school for January, which did matter in this recruitment, I believe. 
right? Like all these things were really important. I talked to a guy that covers UTEP. I asked him, I was like, hey, what, what do you think about this buyer's kid? Because you never know, right? Like I, I feel like you're just doing your due diligence. He said, dude, they loved him. Just like a really good player, always graded out super highly on PFF. But also, I mean, just a team leader, a guy other dudes look to, hard worker. It, would it shock you if Byers is your best best offensive lineman next year? No, I think he may well be. I think yeah. he may well be. You know what does shock me, bud? So we're 28 minutes into it, and we haven't thanked our sponsors. And that is a oh, wow. direct direct failing of yours truly. So I apologize. Uh, all the great They're watching live. Who so. make this true. <laughs> yeah. uh, big shout out to Congruity. Uh, Matt Lewis and his team got another company. Uh, to announce on the next Nolcast that we do that has since partnered with them. Fantastic. Uh, obviously, the legendary wow. team of Chad and Shannon, uh, 855-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, excuse me, 844-FSU-LOAN. Continue to email me if you wish to uh, connect with Shannon or just reach out to him directly. Uh, congruity, home loans. I talked about the legendary team. Uh, obviously, the great people at For the Table Restaurant Group and uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce. And then Tarpon Sellers, bud, not that you were worried about them, but they were recently written about in the Rob Report, which is basically just a magazine for really rich people uh, that said that it's oh. one of the 10 best wines of the year. And uh, they are having a fantastic, fantastic success. So thank you to all of our sponsors. I promise you that we won't wait half an hour to get to you next time. Apologies. I uh, I think that we should probably I, I trust the Rob report certainly, but I do think we should conduct some personalized research on location just to ensure the quality of tarpon sellers. Uh, like we might need to go there when they a good time, maybe April. We uh, we may just need to go now before these sons of guns outgrow us. I mean, uh, there we go. That's possible. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. it's nice that they've been a sponsor for four or five started, years. Right? But uh, yeah, we'll have to get that one on the books now. So. Uh, one, one thing that Florida state did get on the books and most certainly stood on business. I love you with your announcement is the, uh, the young man out of Valdosta, originally Lake city, Florida, uh, Jaheim bell. Again, if you're going to have super, uh, you know, conversations that are sound wildly optimistic and, and, uh, really excited about the direction of this program, it's going to be based off some of the portal gets that you got. And, uh, certainly Jaheim bell would be, you know, second, third or fourth on that list as you start to rattle off some of the, you know, some of the bigger jewels in this class. Yeah. I mean, look, so we talked about this kid, shoot, I, like we've mentioned him for months, I think in terms of like who could be potential portal targets out there, not months, but maybe like a month. Once he got in the portal, I was like, look, athletically. Yeah. Really good. I mean, good enough to where South Carolina when, uh, oh shoot, who's South Carolina's running back now? Now I'm forgetting really good players in the portal. Um, when he got hurt, they threw Jaheim Bell at running back mm -hmm. and beat Tennessee and Clemson. So Jaheim Bell athletically is really good. My concern was his debt dissatisfaction with the offense at South Carolina, which I share, by the way, like I watched South Carolina this year. There's a reason they fired their offensive court or, well, uh, I don't know, you get fired or he's gone now. And they, they were in the, looking for somebody else. Pretty quickly, and they had I, I think they had somebody else call plays for the last two weeks. Just just a hunch there, just given how different the offense looked and how it actually scored points. And South Carolina only scored like I think seventeen. Marshawn Lloyd, thank you for, for the chat help there. Long day. 
you know, South Carolina only scored like 17 touchdowns in SEC play through the first seven games. And then they put nine on Tennessee. My concern was like, can you give him enough touches to keep him happy? Right? Because he's not coming here to be target number one. He's a target, a valuable target, probably a great mismatch for you. Somebody, like, I think Jaheim Bell, if you use him right, may help you get from, like, 9 to 10 wins or maybe 10 to 11 wins, right? Like, that's why you're loading up for this transfer class. Like, Florida State recognizes the roster it has coming back. Maybe a couple guys who still could come back, obviously, depending on what kind of draft grades they get and what kind of feedback they get from their agents. And you're lo- you're loading up on pieces who are probably one-year guys, if all things you know, go well, to put you over that hump, you know? And then you're trying to parlay that, I think, into better high school recruiting next year with a, a nice year to recruit on in 2022 and then hopefully an even better year to recruit with down the stretch in 2023. Bell, though, is a matchup nightmare for folks. Like Now that you have Morlock, too, you don't have to use Bell as that inline tight end. I think he should help you quite a bit in the red zone. I mean, he's a legitimately really good, really good get. Okay, and I like Morlock a lot, too. Obviously, one is like the number one tight end on 24-7 sports. The other is like the number four tight end. But you, you go out, you go from tight end being a clear weakness, one of the worst tight end rooms in the ACC. I mean, you're playing, no offense, like Preston Daniel and Wyatt Rector. Okay, I know they're fan favorites, but like, again, are those dudes playing at like Clemson or, you know, I, I hate to use Georgia because Georgia's kind of on a different level else right now, but like are they – are those guys playing it like an LSU? Or are they playing uh, schools that you're aspiring to get back consistently to that level of athlete? No. So you're you're massively upgrading that room. Also, like you got Daryl Jackson, defensive tackle wise. Now he's got to get his waiver, and obviously we hope his hope his mom is is you know doing better. Man, defensive line in the portal sucks. This is kind of my point. Like, yeah, you got Jared Verse last year, and you got you got Tremaine Johnson the year before. There ain't no Jared Verse in the portal this year. He's just not yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there's not. And uh, defensive tackle is going to be an area that you have a hard time finding. I mean, look, there, there's – I don't mean to speak to you all as like a, a subject matter expert on this because, honestly, there's not enough subject matter for really anybody to be an expert on it. But yeah. at, at, as we get a feel for the sample set sample size that does exist, I think you can be fairly confident in knowing – that for the vast majority of your line of scrimmage recruiting, you're going to be needing to be doing it out of high school. Now, you know, can you grab a interior offensive lineman? Yeah, you can. Are you going to be able to get a Jermaine or a verse in the portal, a defensive end? Stop fooling yourself thinking that you're just going to be able to go get a defensive end in the portal. We'll have to see if it materializes, but I, I really think that that's going to be a different conversation. Also from a market perspective, there has been in the past two years, I don't know whether or not there is right now. We could talk about that in a couple months with a little bit more perspective. There's been an exceptional market inefficiency, in my opinion, in the portal. That does not exist anymore. You will you will have the same market forces in recruiting the portal as you do the high school ranks, in my opinion. Now, you know, you'll always pay for youth and potential just as you look at European soccer players. I mean, the the contract that's presented to a 19-year-old in European soccer is totally different than what gets presented to a 23- or 24-year-old because, again, you're paying on what might be there in four or five years. But 
Um, you know, I don't know that the existing inefficiencies that have been out there uh, will exist anymore. So please don't, let's not lie to ourselves and say, oh, we'll just go get a, a high round defensive end every year moving forward because that's what the first two years have given us. And that's two pronged, right? So let's think about this in two ways. Number one, if you're going to go get that kid, he has to actually exist in the portal, which is what you just spoke to. Also, let's say that he does exist. There probably ain't a whole lot of him that year in a portal. It's probably just one dude. That means your chance of getting him if there's just one guy is pretty damn low because there's a lot of schools out there that need pass rushers. That's why you have to keep taking bodies along the lines of scrimmage. I, like, we haven't mentioned the name Conrad Hussey yet, right, who's a player who hasn't signed, so we probably can't talk about it. Look, I don't care. All right. You have a chance to go out and get a DB in Fentrell Cypress. Now, maybe Connor Hesse ends up being really good. He could. The quality of player at the skill positions, offensively and defensively, especially offensively at receiver, defensively somewhat at defensive back in the portal, is pretty damn good. Now, that may not last forever, but your best defensive back this year and last year, Jamie Robinson, right? He was a portal guy. You can seemingly find guys in the portal to play the skill positions. Now, the reason why Hakeem's so important is because you really can't find guys that have that ceiling. I'm not saying Hakeem's going to hit. I think that's a pretty good chance, too, because I think Norvell will mentor him really well, along with Dugans. But you can find productive receivers. I, mean, I, was, I said this on, on, on 24-7 Sports today. Like I talked to a coach last night. One of his top receivers went in the portal. He was like, cool. I'll help you pack your bags. I'll find somebody even better, right? Like who's not a diva cancer to my roster. That's not the case on the lines of scrimmage. And I think that is something that you need to appreciate the job that Alex Atkins has done there along the lines of scrimmage here. Okay. Now, defensive line-wise, Jackson, fortunate that you got him, right? Casey Roddick, Keandre Jones, Jeremiah Byers is really damn good. That is a really nice game. And I'm not saying like the highest on Keandre Jones ever. He didn't play well this year. I'm not really sure Auburn was sad to see him go. They probably helped him pack his bags. But if you get him in shape and you get him right, he's at least a college size body. You yep. know, like that's that's valuable. That's a Absolutely. valuable piece, especially because you're loading up for a run this year. Like you're making that push. That yep. You're making that push, and this just means your floor is that much lower should you sustain a decent amount of injuries or anything else. And, uh, you know, you can get in them, uh, get them in, work with them. And uh, Alex Atkins has had a pretty high hit rate of improving almost anything that comes into his room. So that's great. Not a guy that officially, you know, happened today, bud, but let's just talk about Kaiseah Holmes real quickly because uh, I guess officially he was acknowledged today. Uh, if you haven't forgotten, this is a Penn State transfer from uh, uh, Penn State transfer at running back that I think occurred. What was it right before the first game of the season or something like that? Yeah. So this is a has been in the mix, but this is another running back in the room uh, at this point officially. And uh, we'll be interested to see how that you know sorts itself out. Indeed. So good athlete, a guy that some schools thought could play corner as well coming out of high school. I know I saw him a couple times. At various camps, he played at Coco. Uh, Penn State's running back room, like FSU's running back room, is pretty loaded. Penn State's running back room has some dudes that are like, if the NFL could take them right now, they would. 
that, that Nicholas Singleton kid put on the Auburn tape is just different, you know? And so it's not crazy to me to think like, Hey, it's hard to get playing time there. Now I'm not really sure how much playing time he's going to get this fall, but because I Holmes is, is a dude who I think can help out your roster going forward is an experienced back, a good athlete and, and probably a good take for them. You know, this is overall, like, I think this is a transfer class you have to be really, really excited about. Number two transfer class in the country right now on 24-7 Sports. I don't know if you saw this, but Daryl Jackson got a four-star grade in the portal, uh, which is you know awesome. He's a 90, which makes him one of the top defensive linemen in all of the portal. They're doing a great job in the portal. Yeah, and- doing a great job. And I just want to clear out for or clear up like five minutes ago. I wasn't discounting Jackson by the conversation that I had. I think he's a great sure, prospect. No. I'm thrilled that you're able to get him, and it's great anytime you get a kid from Gadsden County uh, to come back to Florida State. Uh, I just acknowledge that getting kids like him are going to be a hell of a lot harder in in future situations and circumstances. No doubt about it, right? And and you know, I mean, like the circumstance that led him to go to the portal is a very unfortunate, and we hope it works out for the best. And b certainly not something you can count on for other players. So uh, agree with that. Other stuff here. Do you think, let me ask you this, just spitballing here, so if this is a crazy take, tell me. Do you think that the transfer class being so much better than the high school class is perhaps encouraging because the transfer class is recruited more on recent results and the high school class is recruited more on like the last 12 months? Or do you think this staff needs to have people who are better at selling because that matters more to high school kids or maybe both. I abstain from question number two. Uh, I will okay. say that uh, I think that um, I think I'm, I'm fully in line with you as to what you're saying on number one. I think there's a shorter period of time. There's not as a much emotionality. Kids want to think that they're like inherently, special and unique and that's great we all do but they also kind of want to fall in love with a lot of these processes and think that something's like meant to be most portal kids don't they they look at it as where what's the situation where's my ability to contribute are there a couple other ancillary things that i need to be there and then they move this is not a very long drawn out thing now maybe every once in a while you get something happens where a kid you know comes home to where he wanted to go or whatever else and i'm not discounting that but a lot of the emotion is taken out of the process of the recruitment. They've already gone through it. They know what the what the business of this looks like on the other side of the doors. And I think their evaluation period is much more like, did I see enough from you this year to know that I'm not transferring into a disaster? Check, definitely. And, uh, you know, have you either shown a unique ability to work with transfers or at my position group to develop kids? And it's not nearly as many uh, back and forth as it comes with high school kids and and maybe not quite the full recruiting process and the relationship that has to be developed. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm going to be judging hard about these junior days coming up. You know, like if you're going to sit here and tell me, which I think the word inside the building is that part of this issue, and I think they're right about this, by the way, was that it was hard to recruit this off season, like their junior day and their, you know, like who they got up in, on campus in spring and their summer camp participation in terms of the quality of prospect. Basically, everything they did recruiting-wise this year before they started putting those W's up on the board was really concerning. 
So I think there's some truth to what I'm hearing as far as like, look, I think that we had problems because people thought outside noise thought that Norvell was getting fired. Yep. Like I know not you guys, like we saw the video you put out, you know, like that Norvell is not on the hot seat. And we put that out in like May because we got pretty good word that like, no, the people who matter are bought in on Mike. Um, you know, but I do think they need to have a nice job here with these upcoming junior days and need to get some big time prospects on campus early and, and start like, I'm, I'm, I'm judging that hard. You know, if, if, if you're telling me it's about what happened the prior season, well, now you got a nice season to recruit off. Yeah. Bottom momentum. 24 will be a great litmus test. Certainly there's some other things in play that can help them and, and they've got a stronger uh, record with which to point to. Nobody's going to be able to say to any kid that Mike Norvell is about to be fired. Right. Uh, exactly. So that, that will be taken off and you know, you can recruit a lot more, to the emotionality. Some of these kids watch the LSU game as a fan. Now, now you get to, to work off that you've, you've shown these kids that, uh, that you're a program in the right direction. And, um, you know, by all accounts, you should have a banner 24 year and, uh, we'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. No doubt about it. Um, all right. Superlatives. Who's your favorite kid in the class? It's on the spot. This is not on the sheet. So yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know <laughs> the inner workings of Hakeem Williams. He seems like a really interesting guy, and more than just your, um, you know, high, high star high school football player. So that's really interesting. I think the auto kid uh, is really interesting. I've had some people within the film industry reach out to me asking if they could uh, partner or pair with that kid. So that's that's fun to see that the fan base is already engaged. Uh, in a situation like that, and um, he's, he's into filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, he's he's into film and, and really excited about uh, the school. And then, uh, man, it wouldn't shock me if if uh, if one of the Jones kids wasn't a, a better player than we realized. Whether that be Jaden, I'm or, intrigued or by this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good at Lee Camp. Uh, I, I think he's got some tools that that makes a lot of sense there. Um, all right, so Hakeem's a damn good answer. I I I do like that. I like watching Dre play when he's in Tallahassee, man. So mm -hmm. like, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, again, I don't know what his ultimate NFL upside is. I love the kid was a little bit faster or bigger or both, but I think he'll catch a lot of balls for you. Yeah, I, I think he's got some. I think he has some like good college traits to where he can be very productive for you, and uh, you know, among their kind of lower rated guys. I think he's a dude who's a good take for you. Um, to your point on the fascinated to see what Kyle Morlock looks like. May take a year. Yes. Uh, but that's a that's a totally different tight end. Totally different tight end than anything you've ever had. Um on I think we've explained this before, but I'll I'll take a minute to explain this if you're cool with it. Like Maximus 1318 says, We just watched Miami go five and seven and pull a top five class compared to uh, possible 10 and three. Here's the deal. Number one, flat out, Miami has better recruiters than you do, coaching-wise. I don't think anybody in the country would argue that. Number two, and that includes Cristobal, who's like an elite recruiter. I mean, like that guy eats, sleeps, lives, breathes. I mean, it's like constantly texting and calling recruiters. That's what his MO is. It's not coaching. Nobody looked at Oregon and said, that's a really well-coached team, or they use Justin Herbert well. They said they build rosters. They do talent development there. You get a pass for a first bad season. 
flat out. You pretty much do, especially if you come in with a big time reputation. You know, even if we all know nobody in Coral Gables was pitching that as a rebuild at all, they were kind of embracing expectations and yeah, you like, you know, chance to win the ACC and then they go five and seven or whatever they went. You do get a pass for a bad year one, especially if you're an established head coach at the power five level. That's what they're getting. They're getting a pass for it. They're clearly very competitive in the recruiting spaces. I know, you know, and I mean, like, it's just, that's how that works, right? Florida, kind of the same thing. Not a good year for, for the Gators finished where they go six and seven or, or seven and six or whatever it is. Uh, you get a pass largely. And that is a hole that Norvell's had to try to climb out of because of the fact that like his first year was that COVID year. I mean, they've had some really weird timing the last few times they've hired head coaches, you know, like you hired Willie in the first year of the early signing period. How many conference titles have been won by guys who were hired in that 2018 cycle? Jimbo zero, Dan Mullen zero, Willie zero, Scott Frost zero. There are certain extenuating external factors that do matter a lot in an ever-changing sport. And I think it's very hard if you were hired in the year in which COVID hit. It, it, it kind of zapped your ability to make these relationships with kids. Mike's been digging out of the hole ever since. I think this year is a really good step forward for them because they can recruit off, hey, we're not getting fired anymore, right? Which is great. Um you know, now we have to see the quality of recruiter they actually have with something to sell. I have some questions about that. Did last year, you know, and now that obviously, you know, with, with, with the work that Battles End is doing, I think kids have more confidence that, you know, if they come on campus and, and do well and, and like the, there's a lot of notoriety to use your name, image, and likeness and, and a big fan base to support you and be able to capitalize on that. So I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to see what they do. It wouldn't shock me if a couple of these three stars outplay their rankings. Um, but ultimately, you know, if you take a class of 16 high school kids and more than half of that are three stars, like that's that's problematic. I mean, that's kind of where I am with this high school thing. But they killed the transfer portal and may have some more pieces coming just yet. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, signing day is is not what it what it once was as far as everybody committing. I also think Florida State would have been well served. Had the traditional calendar been there and, and you played this out till February, I think you would have been able to bank more off what transpired this year and and play off other people's uh, concerns or, or weaknesses. But, you know, the situation's the situation. And um, <laughs> early signing day doesn't feel quite as early this year uh, as it has others. So uh, we'll just see. There's another signing day out there. We'll get a better feel for any other pieces that remain uh, as we make our way into February, but the 24 class is going to be, um, you know, an exceptional benchmark uh, for Mike and his staff. And uh, it will be fascinating to see. I think they're currently six in the country or something like that. I don't particularly concern myself with those rankings at this time of year, but I know they've gotten some nice commitments and certainly have some really significant pieces to build around when you look at who they have committed a quarterback and some of the defensive players. So uh, fascinating, have- fascinating to watch. Do you have a Cormani predict, uh, prediction? Are you uh, I, I, I think he'll go back to Miami ultimately. Um, Interesting. It will be, uh, you know, no. <laughs> it, uh, still still going to present some problems, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see. And, you know, if they can retain that kid, good for them. So, 
I'm going to go Bama. Okay. I think. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think Saban's kind of pissed about what happened last year. And oh, they, I know that. They came, they, they came back with a vicious man. That was yeah, uh, I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had some friends tell me about 10 days ago that uh, we taken the governor off. We're not, we're not messing around anymore. I don't know. I didn't never, never did I thought that you guys were particularly, but uh, glad, glad to know now that you're not. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Really appreciate everybody giving us those likes in the chat. Um, I know you got a couple more shows you're joining tonight as well. I think you're going to see AB and those dudes on X to Knowles. So, uh, man, I, you're gonna get some sleep coming up, right? Dog, I, I gotta get. In, in I, I gotta get some sleep. I mean, I will see you in Orlando. I look forward to that. Uh, Battles in is doing a uh, block party that uh, we'll have some more information here on future Nolcast about. Um, and People have been texting me about that. Like, this sounds pretty cool. Good. Yeah. No. I mean, we uh, you know, we did not find uh, somebody on Craigslist to come play the guitar. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I, I'm not super familiar with that genre, but uh, seems to be a accomplished artist and it'll be fun it'll be a lot of fun so we'll get more information out to you on that uh from a personal perspective i mean what i'm doing right now is like the most fun i could ever have uh but i'm also sleeping like two and a half hours a night so i, I need to go to sleep absolutely what, what's I that do. movie where the guy guy takes the pill and like opens up more of his brain you know yes like, i would take that i would it take, doesn't end yeah. well but it doesn't but uh, you know we haven't been thinking with a whole lot of long <laughs> we've been thinking about 48 hours of time here recently so uh we'll you know we'll worry about the long-term consequences at another date uh my wife does like country western music and she really likes the guests you guys had lined up so whenever you're going to uh, limitless thank you to the chat limitless uh, yes thank you anger's bet the people's choice from the chat dude enjoyed as always uh by the way i think uh you want to do some scheduling live on the show because our guest texted me about it. Um, yep. Is this a said, former player or which guest are we referring to? Our guest for the Oklahoma pot. Oh, okay. And okay. He said, Hey, my wife informed me that we have plans tomorrow night, meaning Thursday night. Do you have any availability Friday morning to shoot the, uh, the, the preview? Pre yeah. Okay. Uh, I can do that. Just let me know. We'll make time. Certainly. Uh, All right, y'all. There you go. That's our that's how our production meetings work with Bud and I. So yeah. uh, twelve years later, and we're doing the same thing. So there you go. Oh, Sam Studley says, "Fix my collar." Okay, appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, uh, shoot, we said we go 35, 45 minutes. That's kind of a, a good. Uh, yeah, that's a good cue that we'll probably go fifty. Um, I'm looking forward to being wrong about more members of this high school recruiting class, and I cannot wait to see these transfers on campus. And uh, yeah, man, I'll see you about uh, 36 hours from now. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you all. all right, Happy to be back on the Nullcast. Till then. <laughs>